You always have to become who you're supposed to become so you can do what you're supposed to do. Come on. You know, so there's a lot of becoming for years so sure. that when it's the right time, do it. Welcome to episode nine of the John Norman Leadership Podcast, sending you content on the last Thursday of every month. Thanks for being part of today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, and share across your platforms. And the goal is, as you lift the level of your leadership, others will rise with you. We've got a special guest joining us today, Chad Veach. Uh, he is pastor of Zoe Church. He's an influencer in the United States, lives in California. He's a good friend, and I know he's going to help you uh, extend and really raise the level of your leadership. So thanks for being part of today's podcast. Hey, great to have Chad Veach on the John Normal Leadership Podcast. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a quick intro, Chad is married to the amazing Julia, four incredible kids, and he pastors Zoe Church in LA, uh, founder of the Leadership Lean-In Podcast. He's just written a book which is helping me and helping many people, or I'm going to check in on that book later, but really talking about help I work with people, and if that's a book for this season, that is the book. So Chad, thanks for being here, buddy. Oh man, thank you so much for having me. This is this is so much fun. Chad has been to Norwich, okay? He's one of the few people who's been, but he's been and we had a great night together. He invested in some of our young adults and young leaders. So always appreciate what Chad brings to the table. Um, how's life in LA? Oh, I mean, today is the first cloudy day we've had in forever. It has been a heat wave. It has been hot. It's been it's been beach weather. It's been fantastic. So today I'm kind of like, whoa, what is this? Is just for today, right, God? Did we just because we're gonna go back to perfect weather tomorrow? I'm I'm praying. Well, we're going back to perfect weather in May 2021. So we'll pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Now, obviously, we're recording this uh, in COVID. 2020 and there's a whole lot of things but just give us an update where you guys are at in la the restrictions you're under where you're at and yeah yeah i think that um we were just talking about this as a team yesterday i believe that the most people you can gather right now is 100 no matter the size of you know the capacity of your your building wow so uh, i think it's 25 percent would be the the the, the limit or, or 100 people based upon you know whichever lid you're gonna hit first so yeah, it's it's very strict here. Uh, our governor just came down yesterday on a bunch of churches doesn't want any churches to meet for a, a few weeks uh, because there's a spike going on right now. So yeah, we're just we're it's it's strict. I think New York, L.A., you know, major uh, metropolitan areas are you know under these these guidelines. So you know, like anybody in any field, we've had to pivot and do our best to you know dominate the space that we're allowed. And yeah. I think, you know, saying this to our team yesterday, our superpower is flexibility and agility. That's just, so that's life, that's leadership. You got to be very flexible and you've got to be very agile. And I'm sure just like you guys in the UK, we've had to, you know, be flexible and pivot five, six times since COVID started. So I think we just got to continue to stay in that vein of not being married to the method right now. We're going to come back and touch on some of that stuff. You've already started dropping gold on us, which is fantastic. But um, we've got people from all different spheres, backgrounds, walks of life listening to podcasts today. Now, the best leaders surround themselves with uh, 
people who can take them further on their journey. Kind of the the coin phrase for this is you lift your leadership, others will lift around you. How have you managed in this season to surround yourself with people, positive voices to help keep you going? Because I think this is critical. Our influences don't choose us. We choose them. We choose our pastors. We choose our mentors. We choose our wow. bosses. We choose, you know, we choose, uh, you know, we have our, our, our physical family, but then we have like our community and our family that we do life with. Uh, so I think that so much of that is within our control, within our power. So I control who speaks into my life. I control who the wise voices I want um, surrounding me and my family and in our church, you know, the organization that we lead. So I think it's really important that you just select well. You look at people that are further down the road than you, or you look at people, you know, in our marriage, we look to people that's like, wow, we want a marriage like that. In our parenting, we look at certain parents and go, wow, we want to raise kids like that. We want to talk to our kids like that in our in our organization. We look at leadership structure or systems and we go, wow, they, the way that they do that or the culture that they carry, man. So I think, you know, you got to really find the right heroes in life, really find the right voices. One of my favorite quotes from Stephen Furtick is, he said, a mentor always walks through the door when a student is ready to learn. So it's like that, that mentor can't walk through the door until I position myself as a student and as a learner. Now, the flip side of that is, have you in this season had to maybe distance yourself, not necessarily from individuals, but maybe social media or voices that, you know, kind of leech, you know, they pull your energy, they suck it away from you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've had to, um, for the first time ever, I'm, I'm a big Twitter fan. I know people are like down on Twitter, but I love to get my news there, my media there. Yeah, me too. You know, I follow all kinds of news outlets there and interesting voices in the world. And I had to delete it off my phone. It just got too toxic, too negative. And I found myself being influenced by people that I don't really care to have a voice in my life. And so I, I just deleted the app from my phone and I still have it off my phone. And I've had to be very careful in this particular climate, even within the church. See, we have to understand in our field, we've never had a more divided church. Yeah, sure. Where in our nation, in America, it is the right versus the left. And it is a lot of vying. There's a lot of toxicity. It's us versus them. And, um, and I just don't live my life that way. So mm -hmm. I've really had to even distance myself from people that I, I've seen as spiritual leaders that have felt for whatever reason that they need to become political voices and, you know, to each their own, that's their decision. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't, I just don't want that in my life. And I don't want to be that kind of leader. I've made that decision for me personally. That's not the route I feel like God has called me to be on. Can I just say this about you, Chad? And I mean this wholeheartedly that your social media feed and the way you, you know, following your life from a distance, it's not up close in person, it's not like we're best mates, but just following you from a distance, I can honestly say you are such a life bringer. I know you've got that big smile and, you know, but the way you, Chantal and I, we look up to you and Julia as young leaders, similar age to ourselves, but people who do life well. And, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, that's credit to you, but also those people you look up to because it's almost like I'm seeing them through you. So it's so important. It's generational, this as well. And, and I think, you know, it's so funny, you know, the, the more toxic our culture becomes, the more um, people will want to put you in a box, whether yeah. it's uh, you're supposed to be this way. You yeah. should say it like this. We want you to be, you know, like so-and-so is. 
And I think one of the things that I, I never appreciate is when anybody tries to limit you or when someone tries to, you know, say this, these are the expectations I have of you. And we've tried to really break that mold and hopefully for a lot of young guys say, hey, you could be a pastor that bleaches your hair. You could be funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like there's enough serious content out there. If yeah. I want serious, I got I got tons of options for serious. Yeah. But what about for laughter? You know, I think laughter is a medicine. That's that's your gift. That's something that you guys bring to the table and something you a big value that you have. Yeah. I, I always think, you know, in our field, God's serious business is joy. Now, again, we're talking about our context yeah. of leadership. That joy is the most serious thing that God could do in your life. So I just feel like, you know, in this climate, if I'm just another voice of uh, doom and gloom and this and yeah. this agenda, this policy, this person, I feel like we need so much laughter. Now, it might go, uh, you know, underappreciated by some people and might offend people, but I guarantee it's going to reach people that other people can't reach. And so I think you, it goes back to right now, you've got to be very secure in your identity. Sure. You've got to make sure that you really have answered these questions before they come. You know, I, I love this about God did this with David and he did it with Jesus. You always have to become who you're supposed to become so you can do what you're supposed to do. Come on. You know, so there's a lot of becoming for years so sure. that when it's the right time, you do it. And I feel like we're in a season now, uh, like yourself, I'm 41 years old and it, you know, not that we're stopped developing, but we're doing what we've resolved in our heart we're called to do. Yeah, and you do it so well. And, I, you know, I'll keep saying it. The life that you bring, you're just magnetic, Chad. And I think I want to tap, drill down a little bit deeper into that because that people think, oh, that's just Chad. I hear people say, oh, that's just John or that's just the way you are. I actually don't think it is. We have to still work at that. It might come slightly easier at that. But let me just drill down on some of your daily routines. Um, I'm always fascinated when I see people, I look up to you. I want to... What is what does a day in the life of Chad look like? A Wednesday in the life of Chad, because you know you've got you've got kids and you've got school runs and you you know and you somehow still keep that big smile and you're leading people and the pressures of life. So just talk to us about some of your daily disciplines that you know keep you charged. Well, I think you know, like this morning, this is really fun. Right now, uh, every Wednesday morning, we started a six a.m. prayer meeting. And wow. so every, every Wednesday morning, I'm at the church for, from six to seven, you know, with, you know, I think there was 38 people there this morning praying at 6 a.m. So, you know, that, that's kind of a new addition to the lifestyle. But Julie and I, we try and get up before the kids, you know, we praise God if it happens, you know, all, all shucks if it doesn't, yeah. you know, we try to get up before the kids, make the coffee and hopefully get a little bit of time to sort our life. That's when I would do my daily reading. That's yeah. when I would make my to-do list. That's when I would answer emails. My mind fires in the morning. So I always feel like by about 8 a.m., if I could really do a morning well, by about 8 a.m., everything else is just sure. meetings and gravy. You know, everything else is just cherry on the top. Yeah. So, you know, because I've already done the hard stuff. And the hard stuff I always think is thinking. Thinking is the hardest part of your day. You got to set wow. time aside to think. You know, there's a thing about judges. You know, they say they call they say judges, they have decision fatigue. So if you go to court, you want to catch your judge early in the morning because they're going to think through the sentence that you're about to face Come and on. they're going to have reason. But you, later in the day, you get with them. You, you catch them at three, four p.m. They got dinner at five. OK, 
Okay, they they got picked up for their kids at five thirty. They're going to the racquetball court or the tennis club. You don't want to catch your judge at decision fatigue. So I think it's very important as leaders that we understand when do I fire? When am I sharp? Don't give the best of your day to people. Oof. Give the best of your wow. day to you. I get the best part of my day. I, I sow into me. I'm the greatest investment I can make. I, I'm not dependent upon anybody else investing into me. I have to have the discipline to invest in my health, my happiness, my home. So today in my life, I'm making to-do lists for my church, for my children, in my marriage, in my life. You know, I'm checking all the buckets. Thinking life, it's about creating these buckets and then just going to them and going, how's this one? How's this one? How are we doing here? And because listen, we all spin plates. And the only time we have stress is not knowing how a plate's spinning. So in order for me to be stressed, not, not stressed, I got to just work at that thing every day. So I try and do that in the morning. And then the rest of the day, we'll just see, you know, we'll see where it goes, what means we got and what we need to accomplish. And, you know, just, I think from there, it's, it's, it's all, it's all added bonus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that there's some gold again there. I think all leaders, especially type A leaders are trying to find that, that balance spinning those plates. And obviously family is so big. It is for you. I mean, you've got beautiful family, children and, uh, and Georgie bless her. And how do you balance? How do you balance between being husband, dad, pastor, leader or mentor all these things how do you do that a lot of leaders you know i sometimes feel guilty for being at work because i feel like i'm robbing my family i feel you know when i'm at my family i should be in my work how do you how can you just speak into that for our listeners today well i think it's okay for all of us to feel like a failure you know i think it's okay for us to be like man i'm i'm i missed it i got it you know, i got it wrong this week or this season i would julie and i always say this we just need three days to get our home back you know, because every once in a while your home gets out of control. Wow. Every once in a while your schedule or your, you know, your meetings and your, you, and you just didn't, didn't foresee very well. But I just need three days to get my life back. Three days to get my kid. You know, you can see it in your kid's behavior. You can see it in your interaction with your spouse. So just give me three days to put my hand back on my home and we can get that momentum going. So yeah. I think it's, we can't be so hard on ourselves. So critical of, uh, of, of missing it. I think when it comes to family, what I've learned about my, in my mistakes is no one helps me see if I'm doing good or bad more than my wife. She is the litmus test. She is the one that helps me go, thank you, or hey, buddy, where are you at? Come on. Put your phone down. Come on, man. Really, really you're gonna go do this with your with your buddies? when we're going to be here. Yeah. Wow. So I think we, we've got to be, you know, it's mutual submission. It's going, I'm submitted to my family and, 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 I, and my wife is submitted to me and it's, it's not, it's never one or the other. It's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's, it's and all of life is lived within attention. So good. So I've got to be okay with going like, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. And you just kind of teeter totter. And do your best to, I don't ever like the word balance. I don't live a balanced life. I don't know a great leader that does. No. I'm not after balance. I am after health. 
Come on. I want to be healthy. I want my house to be healthy. I want my children. I want my so that just takes time and energy. How do you measure those? Do you have like things, early indicators that maybe things are a little bit unhealthy at home or you know, I know that's a that's a big question, but if you maybe to help people go, okay, maybe things are a little bit unhealthy. Yeah, I always think, you know, behavior is so telling. Behavior just kind of like, it, 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 it's, it's one of the indicators. You know, so if my kid's behavior is really off, then I got to go, wait a second. Yeah. There, it, it's a sign of something bigger. Maybe they're not getting the attention, the affirmation. Maybe they're not getting the discipline. You know, so behavior is a massive indicator and the other one I always think is communication. It, you know, it, is the communication flowing? You know, it, 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 are, we, are we on the same page? Am I doing a good job of being like, here's the calendar, here's the schedule, here's my meetings, here's what I'm thinking, here's what's going on. So yeah. I would say behavior with my kids and communication with my wife are two of the best indicators for me in this season of my life that help me go, we're losing or we're winning. That's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Let's just turn a little bit more to the crisis we're facing in the world right now, this global pandemic. And, you know, I think I heard a stat recently, it's, it's affected 99% of the world's population. Never in our lifetime have we ever uh, had something, you know, we've had things that have affected us from a distance like 9-11, but nothing has ever affected us where everybody has has um, been touched by it. Um, you know, we, we're speaking to leaders, pastors, um, CEOs, employers, and they're having to make some pretty difficult decisions right now, especially when it comes to budget cuts, even furloughing, laying off staff. Um, you know, team morale can be quite low right now. What would you say to that leader who's got to make some real difficult decisions over the next few days, few weeks, um, really not to lose confidence, but, you know, you, you, I mean, as a leader, you've had to make difficult decisions. You don't get to be where you are without, you know, what would you say to those leaders who are in the cusp of making a, a tough choice? Well, yeah. And, my, you know, don't you just feel so much empathy, so much compassion for every person facing that? And and I feel compassion for the leader that has to make that decision. I feel compassion for the person that's on yeah. the other end of that decision. So we just need to live with empathy overall, you know, just overall. We should walk with a sense of, let me put myself in their shoes. What's it like to be them right now? What are they facing? I just think yeah. that's really smart right now as leaders to think less of ourselves and more about others. But I think, you know, if you're getting ready to make a big decision, you know, one of the values I have every Sunday when I communicate, um, I've made it a decision to never stand in my pulpit by myself. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll try and create, you know, uh, uh, an outline or, a, uh, you know, a sermon. And then I go fetch from two doctors, two people in their 60s that have their doctorate. And they help me finish sure. and touch up and clean up my message. So I make it a value. Never stand in the pulpit by myself. I think if you're going to make a big decision right now, don't make decisions by yourself. You need counsel. It's brilliant, Chad. You know, we need someone to come in from the other side and go, that's great, but have you thought about it from this angle? Have you looked at it through this lens? You know, from my vantage point, from my experience, I've seen this. I just think that's good. That's wise. You know, I, I just, it's so crazy. 
you know, there's a proverb that I hold to and, and I, you watch it happen. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. I could be right in my eyes and wrong in somebody else's. And I need to hear that sometimes. I need someone to speak into this and go, hey, we've got a big decision. What do you think? What do you see? Am I missing anything? That's humility. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's wisdom there in the multitude of voices that are speaking into it. That's so helpful, especially for those of us who are making those just difficult decisions. Um, I heard a survey that was done in America last year, and they interviewed, I think, over a thousand employees, church attendees, and people who follow um, leaders. And they said, "What is the number one attribute that you look for in a leader? You know, and it's character, integrity, all those, all those things. But number one was kindness." Now. That's really interesting, especially when there's so much unkindness. Now, one of the things that attracts me to your leadership and Julia is you're just kind. Now, I know you have challenging moments, but I think leadership has evolved a lot over the last 10 years. And I think just speaking to this whole this whole attribute of kindness, because I think if we can become kind, I think it is going to draw people towards our churches, our organizations, and it's definitely an ingredient that's missing in leadership right now. You know, your only regrets in leadership are not going to be, I didn't accomplish this, or I didn't raise this much money, or I didn't get to this level. The only regrets that we will have in leadership is when we were unkind. So good. Spirited, harsh, critical, rude. You know, we all have those tendencies. I don't know a leader that doesn't have those, especially people that are driven. So any regret I have in leadership goes back to treating someone in a way that is against my own values. Because in leadership, there's always a gap between who I am and who I want to be. I want to be kind. I don't know anybody that's like, you know what? I want to be mean. Nobody wants to be mean. But leadership is about closing the gap between who I am and who I want to be. And if you can't now, People will give you a pass for a little while. They'll give you a little room for mistake. But after a while, if there's consistent behavior in the wrong direction, people just go, no, this is who you are. And um, and that's a scary thought. I heard someone say recently, don't take your weaknesses lightly. Don't minimize them. Don't joke about them because they're not funny. No one in the around the water cooler. No one in the office is going like, "Oh, that's their weakness." <laughs> so they're going, "That's his weakness," and we hate it. Yeah, hate when they talk like that. Hate when they put me on blast. I hate when they disrespect me in front of others. I hate when they, you know, blow up my inbox. I hate when they don't respect my family time. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's so elementary, but we all have to hear it. Treat others the way you want to be treated every leader wants loyalty few leaders give loyalty every leader wants to be honored few leaders honor every leader wants everyone to treat them with kindness do you treat people with kindness it is the boomerang effect it is the law of attraction you cannot attract what you are not leadership is you teach what you know but you reproduce who you are Wow. So if you don't like the culture uh, uh, of your employees, it's not a reflection of them. It's a reflection of you. So again, then it goes back to the harsh part of leadership and that's leading yourself. This is so good, Chad. So good. We're going to, we're going to bring this into land. Um, 
I think the final question, we're going to, just going to touch on your book as well, but everyone's looking for success. Everyone's looking for influence. And I love asking this question to leaders that I have the privilege of um, interviewing. But what does success look like for Chad and Julia Vich? Well, I think, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, success in your home, success, you know, in your marriage. You know, I, I love John Maxwell. Years ago, I remember reading his book, you know, uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And you read through all these laws of leadership and started getting hooked on 21 indispensable qualities of a leader and 21 this, that, and the other. And one of the things that stood out is he started to really outline early on for me success at work coupled with failure at home equals failure overall. And that's just the problem, right? Is that all of us, we want to accomplish, we're driven, we're motivated. But, you know, if you're listening to a podcast about leadership, you, you, you got something that's driving you, you want, you want to accomplish. And we've got to measure true success. True success is doing the best with what you're called to do and yeah. what you have in your hands, stewarding that to the best of your ability, being the best version of yourself. Okay. That's success. Success is, is health. We got these tattoos that say better at 70. A group of us did because we thought, you know, we, we've seen so many people get older and meaner. Yeah, sure. We get older and weirder, older and more insecure. Yeah. And, and I want to get better. I want to get better. I want to be better at 70 than I am right now. More generous, more secure, more releasing, more empowering, more joyful, more excited. Can I increase? That's success. Success is not for a season. So, you know, we hear these things in our, in our cul-de-sac, in church world, we hear this term, they had a run. Oh, in their day, they had a run. That church, yeah. that movement had a run. Oh man, they had a run. Okay, that's great. You had a run. But how long did that run last? And what is true success? True success in the biblical format is a Moses and Joshua, a Paul and Timothy. So without a successor, there is no success. So I think we've got to be thinking in those terms. And again, I'm, I'm saying this all in a very naive way because I don't have the experience or the authority to speak on it. I just have the desire right now. Yeah, Man, it's so powerful. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Is there a book right now that's influencing your leadership? I really like The Infinite Game from Simon Sinek. I think that's an incredible book. And he really just talks about the why, knowing your why. Because if you know your why, you know, you'll, you'll just, you'll work your tail off. And in all of the accolades or the success or the raises or promotions or platforms or positions that come with that, they don't even matter. Yeah. Because you're driven by your why. So I'll give my life for a while. Wow. So good, Chad. Listen, you, uh, this came out uh, middle of the year, help I work with people and I've gone through this and so much great content. Um, I love what you're talking about being people's cheerleaders. That really stood out for me. You know, we're not just someone's employer or, we're, you know, it's not just trying to get a task out of someone. We're actually people's cheerleaders and i want to encourage you if you haven't got this book you can pick up on amazon where else can you pick up chad yeah uh bro we we made it in a target you mate tajay tajay all of our 
viewers, everyone online. If you're listening on podcasts, it's called Help I Work With People, um, Getting Good at People Skills. I tell you what, we live in a world when people need to improve their people skills, their emotional intelligence, forward by John Maxwell. Okay, it's a brilliant read. Um, even if you lead just a small group or a large church, it doesn't matter. There's tools in here that's going to equip you, help you take your leadership further, faster. Chad, it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have you here. Um, we love you guys. I wish our paths crossed more, but when they do, it's always such a, uh, a blessing. You're the best. Love to you and your family, and uh, we'll be back soon. We're going to come come through again. Hopefully, we'll bring the young and free guys, and we'll go to that place. We had a great dinner at somebody's house. Yeah, we did. Dave and Christine's, we had Thai food or Chinese or something. Keep lifting the level of your leadership because as you do, we rise with you. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, the best is yet to come for Zoe and all the things you're part of. Love you, mate. Love you, bro. I'd value your commitment by liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, commenting on it, and sharing it with your teams. Remember, you are your only limit. And this podcast is to lift the level of your leadership. And as you rise, others will rise around you.